irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm. Special thanks to our sponsors, TaylorMade Stallions. Call Travis White. 859-885-3345 to book your mare to a great stallion like Midnight Storm, California Chrome, Shawish, Not This Time. What a roster they have. Again, call Travis White, 859-885-3345 to book your mares today. And today is a cool day because it is Tuesday, June 18th. I am Billy Koch. I am the founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. It is the first day of Royal Ascot. I have Michelle Yu. I am pronouncing pronouncing things funny. What's going on? <laughs> you know, sometimes I, you just start talking and you forget you're on the air. Do you? Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, wait, the show's starting. So weird. It must be the whole Royal Ascot thing. I was up early watching the races. I'm going to ask our guest if it's Ascot or Ascot. That's a great question, Michelle, because our guest is none other than Nick Luck. He is, he's kind of the, um, globe trotting, yeah, horse racing, he's everywhere, hosting guru. He's kind of just the man. I mean, he's right. always dressed nicely. He's very posh, yes. Yeah, he's very dressed. Like, here's the one thing about Royal Ascot Michelle that I don't get. Um, the, like the hats, they don't look comfortable. And I'm a Some hat guy. Hats are super comfortable. Well, and hats are required by Royal Ascot. Do I have to wear a top yes. hat? Can I wear yes. a different kind of hat? No, you have to wear a top hat and tails. And why is that again? It's because they want to keep the prestige of being able to come into the royal enclosure. And um, now, I guess if you're like a general fan, maybe you don't. But to come in the royal enclosure, you do. Well, maybe we should ask. We should ask. Spaghetti straps have to be a certain size. And what are spaghetti straps? So, like, if you are wearing a dress, like Uh. a strap width for a woman, you can't have like a spaghetti strap. Like, all straps must be at least one inch. And they actually do have someone there. This is no joke with a ruler. If they think that you're short, they'll measure. And your dresses can't be too short. They measure your hem, too. Like, when you walk in, they go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, they will. Hey, miss, dress. We need to measure your dress. Yes. Michelle, I can't see you in spaghetti strings. That that would be difficult for you, wouldn't it? I don't it? wear spaghetti straps. <laughs> I have much too large breasts for that. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's already I'm starting. Already. Um, all right, Nick Luck's going to join us in 10 minutes, and he has literally like 10 minutes to talk. So yes. um, let's get on with our, uh, our recap from last week, all the great races last weekend. And there were and some... by the way, Billy, you yeah. also have to have black shoes specifically for a man worn with socks, and you have to have a tie, no cravats and no bow ties. What's a cravat? Like one of those uh, ties that kind of like puffs up like a, like a scarf and a tie had a baby. Okay. I learned so much on this show from you, Michelle. You are so you're so worldly and knowledgeable. 
A cravat. It sounds like a, like a Jewish, like a Yiddish term. I think it's French. Hey, cravat. Actually, I'm a thousand percent sure it's French. Oh, it's French? Oh, we should call Pratt. Okay. Michelle, right. what happened last week that was exciting in the world of horse ownership? Because this is the horse ownership experience. Who won? There was a good uh, well, race. You know, it was a really great race was the regret uh, at Churchill Downs. Hard legacy one for um, Norm Cassie, and it was his very first graded stakes win since going out on his own. But the cool thing is that she was owned and bred by Mary Lou Whitney, and the family actually goes back like 11 generations of Whitney homebreds. Oh, very cool. So I thought that was kind of cool. I think I saw a video of Gabby God. How do I say her name? Godette. Gabby Godette, and that is Norm Cassie's wife. Wife. Mm-hmm. And also TVG personality, and she was jumping around. It was actually yeah, good. I, was I, so like seeing, I like seeing videos like that. I think that's, you know, we talk about experiences all the time, and mm-hmm. we, you and I have talked about this, but for those of you just listening to the show for the first time, when your horse has a chance to win, you lose consciousness. I mean, you basically, <laughs> like, it all goes out the window. You'll say crazy things. You know, you'll start swearing, cussing, yelling, screaming, uh, looking up into the heavens, snapping your fingers, hitting forms. I mean, it's it's nuts. And that's the experience. That's what you're looking for. It's an adrenaline rush. It thank, is. Thank you. Very fun. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so that was exciting for them. Also, it was the Stephen Foster that night, which was a win in your end for the Breeders' Cup Classic. And speaking of homebred, Seeking the Soul got the nose down for his owner, um, breeder Charlie Fipke, who's been in the game a really long time, and for his main man, Dallas Stewart. And that was a really exciting race, I thought. It was a great race. A um, little disappointed in our West Coast representatives. Um, Gift Box really didn't, didn't run his he race. He looks like a disaster, though. Yeah, I like don't. In the post for well, he was like, he was dripping in lather, and I know everyone was hot, but he was like really dripping in lather. Yeah, well, seeking the soul has always been, he's been a great older horse. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to them for bringing him back as a six year old, which you don't see that a lot. Right, and it's really good for the game, especially for racing. We've been saying for years now that the breeding industry is decimating the racing industry because horses like justify and american pharaoh our triple crown winners of recent times just go right off into the breeding shed we never get to see them as older horses and so it's really it should be applauded uh that a horse like seeking the soul continues to run and run at a at the highest level possible um elate won the grade two florida lee for kentucky derby winning trainer bill mott owner breeder claiborne farms and adele del schneider um, Lots of owner-breeder combos on Stephen Foster night, I'm noticing. Well, you know, it's Kentucky. It's a big day. Yeah. It's a lot of breeders out there. And uh, that filly, Elate, is uh, is special. I think as the distances increase, she gets better. So uh, she's definitely one of the top uh, older fillies and mares in the country and will be a handful come Breeders' Cup time. And I know they were considering the classic for her just because it gave more ground. Um, but obviously that was a win in your end for the distaff. So we'll see what they end up doing the rest of the year with her. I like the inside information, Michelle. Good, good job. Thanks. Um, the Matt Wynn stakes went to Mr. Money and I actually didn't watch that race. Um, he was dominant. Okay. And he was a big favorite and he took was over he? turning for home and never looked back. So Brett Calhoun allied racing and Spruce Lane Farms. That's our guy. That's our guy allied racing. He was on the mm-hmm. show. Good man. Yeah. Talking about Mr. Money. Yeah. As good karma. You come on the show, you get good karma, period. Yeah, right. Period. And then here except locally... Gary except Gary Barber continues to win races and <laughs> refuses to come on our show. 
And then here locally, uh, mucho gusto for um, Bob Baffert and Michael Lynn Peterson, Breeder Tenari Farms, and Bernardo Alvarez Calderon. He was very impressive in the Affirmed, and he has now won the last Brera and the Affirmed, which is kind of a fun little tie-in. One of my favorite horses, one of my favorite trainers, and uh, looks like he will go to the Whitney. I think I read. No, no, no I'm sorry. The Haskell. My bad. Take, well, you know what? Let's edit that Bob out. Bob just saying that because Pete asked me on the show, like, you know, if these horses were going to be Haskell or Traverse Brown because they're, like, trying to Baffert get back always wins the Haskell. top tier. And I was like, eh, like, I thought these horses were maybe not the top tier distance horses, and that's why they're kind of, like, running here. But Baffert says this horse just earned himself a shot. And the way he ran, he does look like he's getting better. I mean, I think at the time that it was getting around derby time. He was really just flourishing as kind of like a long, you know, long sprinter. And the way he won the other day looked like he could get any distance. I mean, he's really bred to get any distance, but yeah, he, he was impressive. And he ran away from roadster who was roadster, obviously won the sanity of derby was a lot of wise guys had him in the Kentucky derby. And that was his first start since. So, mm-hmm. um, I think Baffert he'll, once he figures it out, he's going to be pretty good. I don't know. Um, so good job on him. And Baffert ran, like you said, second with Roadster. And he also had Kingley, who had a nightmare of a trip. He ran fifth. In that, that was finish. strange. Let's talk about that. I mean, uh, Baffert said, oh, he was following directions. But Kingley was an absolute handful and yeah. was well, absolutely they were tugging. so slow. But why don't at some point you just let him go? I know. I agree with you. I agree. Did you? I don't know if you watched like the last work that he worked with Roadster. Uh, I did see it. Yes. And like, he was on the outside. You could see that the whole time, like the rider was like kind of checking him and like King, a DVD was on him and like, he was like holding Kingley back and Kingley just wanted to run and he had his head cocked. And I mean, he's always been such kind of a head case. It's like, that was just a terrible situation for him to be in where he wanted to go. And at at one point it was almost like Mario wanted to let him, but there was nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look for him next time. He's a good, good, a a lot of trouble in that race. No. Um, so that was the kind of stakes recap. There wasn't we, that many. What do you mean? The, there was the pleasantly perfect at Santa Anita. Well, that's right. I only do graded stakes. Oh, sorry. We lost. Lamuna won the pleasantly perfect and she, um, Owned by lights out by the way, she would have been much better on my pick six ticket. Yeah, she would have. And she <laughs> was, I mean, she wrote a, she just ran a brilliant race. We're talking about mirth. She like so sad. To, to, I know she on. had and it. And then Lamuna was just rolling down the outside. Yeah. I'll be honest; it looked a lot like it looked like Lamuna almost wasn't going to get there when I was standing on the track. And then when I watched the replay, she, she was got just there like pretty easily. Motoring, yeah, yeah. Martin Garcia was really funny. He said that he was so sorry. He said, "I'm so sorry," and I said, "You know, nothing to be sorry about. It was a great ride, great race." And he said she was really running. And he said the other one was running really fast though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can you how can you get better than Martin Garcia? It's impossible. Oh. I mean, the post race comments are phenomenal, and you know you want a jockey. Listen, as you, as an owner, you know you want some insight from the jockey. That's what you're looking for. You're going to lose a lot more races than you're going to win. So when you lose, you want to know, hey, um, should we try blinkers? Do we want to go longer? Do we switch surfaces? What what were you thinking? You know, the one thing I've been asking when when they lose lately is is would you have done anything differently knowing the result? You know, and um. Most of them said no. Right. Uh, and But it, you're trying to get some insight. So when you have a guy like Martin Garcia, who's actually so honest, it's a pleasure. Uh, because a lot of guys, they're either pissed off or they're going back to the room. They don't really want to talk to you. And you're like, wait a second. You just you know rode my horse and, and I, I just need something. Mm-hmm. So um, that's an interesting dynamic. We, um, 
that was the end of that discussion. You know what? Let's okay. call Nick Luck. Let's Ro- call him. Ronan, call Nick Luck. If you can hear us in the back room. We're waiting to get him on the phone. Uh, Maximum security got beat in his first start versus or after the Kentucky Derby. Oh, I saw that. I want to talk about that as we're getting Nick Luck on the phone. Um, I actually didn't watch the race. Oh, I did. He stumbled really badly at the start. And then he he came back on. He took the lead. And and the other horse was just better. Um, Just just better on that day and everyone's Hello. Like, oh there he is nick luck. nick luck thank you for coming on the horse ownership experience it's billy koch and michelle you we'll set our timer hey, for billy, you hi, michelle. nick we we know you have had such a long day we know we don't have a lot of time we know royal ascot started today tell us a little bit about opening day at royal ascot what makes it so special nick i the whole occasion the place is different it's the perfect combination of ancient and modern i've said it time and time again even when the weather turned bad as it did today, people are still having a good time. And the, the sport is consistently of high quality. And there's variation within as well. Everything's a little bit different. It's not just a, a sequence of mile races or a sequence of five furlong races or a sequence of two mile races. There's something for everybody through the week. And, and you, when you get to Saturday, Tuesday seems like an awful long time ago. So even though, say, Aiden O'Brien and Ryan Moore were dominant today, it might be a different story in, in three or four days' time. So there's a, there's a nice... Um, there's a nice sort of warp and wet to the whole thing. You, you, Nick, I have to ask. Go ahead, Michelle. Really no, go ahead. Do, is it Ascot or Ascot? Well, it's Ascot. I, mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying Ascot if that's dialectically how it comes out. But it's, I guess, McQueen would say Ascot. Put it that okay. way. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's like saying Louisville and Louisville, right? It's, yeah, I suppose it is. And on my on my passport, it says place of birth. Ascot. There you <laughs> go. So, I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with Ascot. Nick, you, yeah. you use the word different. And, and for, for our audience, primarily, we're out here. We're in California, New York, uh, Kentucky. Uh, give us an idea of what's the difference between that and some of the Triple Crown races you've been to, or a Breeders' Cup, for example. Well, Breeders' Cup, obviously, is an end-of-season championship. And you're crowning divisional champions. And, okay, it was a one-day event. Now it's a two-day event. And the season builds to that. And it's very much for the, the racing purists. A couple of the Triple Crown events, maybe you could argue all three of the Triple Crown events, uh, have a, a, a greater proportion of, of, of casual race fans. I think Ascot is somewhere between the two in that sense, insofar as the sport is of really high quality and the sport is the essence. But the occasion is as important. It, 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 it's, they, they, there's an equivalence as far as the two are concerned. And I, I think that is unusual. I, the, the presence of the monarch for so long and such an enduring presence as well makes, makes it stand out, elevates the whole event. The fact that it was created by Queen Anne in 1711 and it's been uh, nurtured by generations of, uh, of the monarchy makes it unusual for that for that reason and i think it makes Ascot as a, an entity and a race course strive to maintain the, the best standards in a sense and, and that's why they're keen not to let the, the standards of style and dress and fashion and food slip and and why the quality of the racing it's important to keep the quality of the racing high nick why is it so special to have the royals there and doing things like presenting the trophies I think particularly in the era that we're in now, it's special to have our present monarch there. I think Her Majesty the Queen 
love and affection for the uh, for not only the sport of horse racing but for the horse as an athlete mm-hmm. and for the breeding of the thoroughbred racehorse is has become more and more uh, totemic to the event. Uh, she is a 93 year old uh, woman. Uh, uh, clearly, evidently, we're not going to have that many more years of the Queen being at. Uh, at Ascot, and I think with each passing year, the appreciation for her and what she's given to the place and her enthusiasm for the whole sport grows and grows. So, yeah, as, a, as a figurehead for the nation and someone who's that passionate about horse racing, it keeps horse racing that little bit closer to the national psyche than otherwise it might be. And I, I think that that is true, and I think that's felt very keenly by the people um, people associated with the game. Nick, you've gotten a lot of winter circles stateside. Have you gotten to be in a winter circle at Ascot with? the queen or any other royal <laughs> you can get pretty close you can get within a few feet but not 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 that close and of course all those presentations are all very demure at Ascot and there's a, an awful lot of decorum and there's nothing over the public address and it's either a well-known face from stage or screen or it's somebody from the sporting firmament or it's one of the members of the royal family so it's a, a very special moment for the owners and something for them to treasure without people like me and Dare I say it, you, Michelle, ruining the whole thing. <laughs> oh, Michelle would ruin it with her. She Well, she can't not, wear... Sp- not that Michelle, she, not Michelle would ruin anything, Billy. No, she can't yeah, wear spaghetti totally. straps, though. I learned that earlier in the show. It, talk about You talk about fashion, Nick. I'm I'm a baseball cap-wearing guy. I don't know if I would could wear the top hat. Is it comfortable? What what? It seems... I don't know. It seems strange to me. I think it depends where you get your top, where you get your top hat from. The good... The good uh, salesmen uh, always say that your top hat should be a little bit uncomfortable at the front and the back. So it should just it should just press a little if it's fitting properly. But you find that a lot of the top hats, if they haven't been fitted to your head properly, there's they they might be uncomfortable at the front and the back. But there's a massive cavity between the top of your ear and the side of the hat, so they're actually not shaped made. Uh, very well but you know i'd like to think we were all pulling it off okay today oh no you looked fantastic as always we were talking about that before nick you've been very outspoken especially on social social media about what's happened with santa anita um are you having the same kind of issues overseas or is it primarily right now focused in the united states i don't think we're having the same issues with the same gravity because it's the it's the imperfect storm isn't it in what's happened at, at santa anita and I've talked about it at length elsewhere, but but it is fair to say that there is a much, much greater awareness within the sport of horse racing in this country as to the potential dangers to the sport posed by groups who perceive that, that horses are not being you know, cared for properly um, when we know that most often the, re- the reverse is true. And that's why I think the sport has to be on the front foot with it in terms of its welfare messaging when it is getting things right. And I, I was really hard, for example, to see this uh, this week at Ascot, um, the British Horse Racing Authority putting out lots of really informative welfare messaging videos just showing how, for example, the, the drug testing works at Ascot and how horses are looked after in the race course stables and what provisions are, on, are there for them and the the running water and the solarium and the spa and you know everything there essentially to make the horses stay and journey that the racecourse stables of Africa as, as best they possibly can. And I think spreading that message internationally you know, via social media is a really important, really important. So yeah, there, there is a much greater awareness uh, uh, as to the potential threats to the sport from 
those who seek to undermine it. And so the sport knows it's got to get its house in order. Otherwise, it gives people who don't like it a stick to beat it with. Well, Nick, we do have a couple more days left of Ask It. What are you looking forward to most this week? Either a favorite horse that's running or a best bet for us? I don't think we've even got started yet. (laughs) Blue Point says, yes, we did. Well, Blue Point is a cracking horse. And what a, I mean, given his speed and his pedigree, what a stunning prospect he's going to make as well uh, on both hemispheres, I would think, for for Godolphin. Uh, Looking forward to that as a son of Shamadal. But, um, in terms of the quality of the performance, the quality of the horse throughout the rest of the week, I think the Prince of Wales, if you're a, if you're a pure, pure connoisseur of the elite thoroughbred, the Prince of Wales and Stakes is the best race of the week now tomorrow. You've got the two brilliant fillies, Magical and Sea of Class, both saw the back end of Enable last year. Enable's not running. She waits for the Eclipse at Sandown in a couple of weeks. But those two are very good fillies. They're up against Crystal Ocean, who's yet to win a Group 1, but he was the fourth best horse in the world on official rankings last year. And you could give Others a chance in there as well. The Gold Cup looks a terrific race on Thursday. If there's more rain tomorrow, that could become even more of a stamina test, which might well play against Stradivarius as he bids to retain his crown. And I think the Melbourne Cup went across counter will give him something mm-hmm. to think about. I think DXB, who looks a thorough stare, will give him something to think about. Friday, we've got really exciting clash in the coronation stakes between the dual classic winner, Hermosa, and a very... Um, a very exciting filly potentially in Jubiloso from Sir Michael Stout's stable. And then Saturday, of course, we've got the big sprint, the Diamond Jubilee. And I think Wesley Ward's bound for nowhere, who was such a good third last year, could, could run big. And, and that would reckoning without all of Wesley's two runs. And we start with them tomorrow in the Queen Mary. So fingers crossed for an American winner or two, but he won't, he won't have liked the rain that fell today, that's for sure. That's for sure. Nick Luck, thank you very much. We know you're on a time constraint. We know that you're very busy with Ascot. We really appreciate coming on the show today. Have a great week at Ascot, and we look forward to seeing you uh, here when? Breeders' Cup? Uh, I will be in your neck of the woods probably before Breeders' Cup. I will be in Santa Anita for the Awesome Again State for the end of September. Champagne for uh, me and Nick you... Luck. Yeah, we will yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe bring a top hat for me. Maybe. I mean, just something to think about. I might just do that. I'm not sure a top had to be the thing for the Jersey Shore for the half school, would it? No, that would be bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, stay dry. Enjoy the week, and thanks so much for coming on today, Nick. Appreciate it. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Michelle. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Nick Luck. I love Nick Luck. He is. He's so well versed. Everything he says just sounds so smart. Anyways, even if he like said something wrong, you wouldn't even know because you're just enamored with his accent. What can I? How do I talk like that? I I now I feel ter- I'm listening to myself. I sound like I sound like a such a posh school, I'm sure. I found, sound like such a dope when I when Nick Luck L- comes on. <laughs> Don't we all? Oh my god. All right, Michelle. Well, he gave us the whole preview for all the other races. What are the races are coming up this week and then we can talk some aftercare. Um I'm just texting Nick to tell him thank you again. Oh, that quick. was nice. You uh, okay, yeah. so wait, let's talk we have, we have to finish talking about maximum security. Oh, oh. So he stumbled at the start. And then he took the lead, and he was going pretty easily. And um, oh, she's who beat him? Um, uh, King for a day. King for a day. Uh, excuse, pardon me for that. And here's the funny thing: there's this, 
you know, you and I talk about social media. I try not to go on it very much, especially Twitter. You said you try to stay away, but it is so funny because now there's this big battle that everyone's making excuses for maximum security for stumbling <laughs> and like, and oh, it was his first race back. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, good horses and, and especially overcome. great horses, like he's supposed to be overcome. And so making all these excuses that he needed the race and all that kind of stuff, that's fine. I've done it before myself. I've said, look, this Philly, I'll get you. Secret Spice is a great example of that comeback race she had where she clearly needed the race. But I, there was not – there wasn't anybody coronating uh, Secret Spice as the greatest horse in the world, right? right. So it's a little different. And and I think he, he has something to prove now. And I think the Haskell is going to be a very, very telling race in his career because there's no more excuses. He's had his prep race. You're going to have some Baffert charges. You're going to have some really good horses in there, and we'll see what happens. I'll be honest, on my first uh, Breeders' Cup top 10 ranking for the classic division, I did put Maxim Security lower than halfway, somewhere in that vicinity. And even though I didn't love him going into Derby, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I also included Country House. In this week's ranking, obviously I dropped off Country House because he's out for the year, but I also dropped off Maxim Security. The only three-year-old I've kept on my poll is War of Will, and that's because to me he showed up in the Kentucky Derby as well as the Preakness, and he showed up on the Derby Trail, you know, prior to. So I and I felt like maybe the Belmont was a hair too far, but when you're talking classic distance, he obviously gets the ten furlongs. So he's the only one I, I continued to include. I would I would look out for a game winner. I just, you know, he's just not. He, on he has, the yeah, scene but right he's now. going he to be. Today. But he's going to be. He's going to be oh, in yeah, what the yeah. Travers probably would be my guess. And I, I, he's to me of all he the three-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, of all the three-year-olds at the end of this year, he's had a break now. He's going mm-hmm. to be fresh. Your distance is no problem. Uh, he has some speed, and he had that brutally wide trip in the Derby. Uh, he would be my three-year-old kind of to watch out for down the line. Right. I right. don't disagree with you. Um, this is just the top 10, like, you know, kind of currently. And you, who do you have to do that for? It. It's for Breeders' Cup, and then Breeders' Cup releases, like, um, everyone's, you know, votes get tallied. Where is that? Can I find it, like, online somewhere? Uh, yeah, I tweeted it out. I can retweet. Well, they we just we just had to finish our votes today, so I'm sure oh, by oh, tomorrow when a new one will come out, I'll tag you when I repost it. Okay, that's cool. Okay. All right. Um, coming up this weekend at Santa Anita. Yeah. It's closing weekend. This is it. Three more days. Can you believe it, Michelle? This has been the longest meet. And let me tell everybody right now that Michelle and I are probably going to take a little break um, until the start of Del Mar. We'll do our Del Mar uh, preview show on Tuesday the 16th. 16th? Yeah, 16th. Tuesday the 16th. Yeah. And we'll have Joe Harper on. We'll give look at horses to watch. We'll talk about Del Mar versus Saratoga. And the Saratoga yeah, meet will have already started. Did, like, the quick questions kind of thing. I yeah. think we should do something like that. Let's do that. Okay. Let's I'll plan on that. Some quick questions okay. For, um, so there's tons of stuff going on at Santa Anita this week I want to make sure to touch on. Um, first thing is it is Jockeys and Jeans. It is a once-a-year fundraiser that's held at different racetracks throughout the country every year. So this year it's actually at Santa Anita. 100% of the proceeds will go 
entirely to benefit the PDJF, which benefits all of our fallen riders. Um, it has actually, there's 62 current riders that it supports their rent, their mortgages, that helps, you know, buys them a car if they need to help, you know, with a new assisted car, helps their families, all of that. So um, please, please, if you are a fan of our jockeys come out and support that if you're in the area there is going to be a hall of fame autograph signing from 11 15 to 12 15 in the morning near the paddock starting gate okay then there's a silent auction from 11 a.m to 3 30 and that is available for all on track fans that's going to be like a ton of memorabilia posters clothes everything signed by your favorite riders and then there's also the chandelier room party which starts at noon it's 65 bucks um you know you can get up there and again you can uh all the proceeds go to the pdjf so you know you get up there there's food and a racing buffet and a wagering tip sheet there's going to be a special auction item in there for a silent auction there's also going to be a live auction during that there's going to be music all kinds of stuff now you can also make a donation if you wish to contribute or you are unable to attend the event and you can do that on Santa Anita's website or through the PDJF as well. So that's super duper important. And again, if you're in the area or if you wanna make a donation, please do so. I think it's um, gonna be a great event. There's right. gonna be, the list of the riders that are coming out is awesome yeah, too. Name it, let's hear it. Um, well, Let me see if I can find it. All right. It's definitely our, um, you know, Riders that are here are Hall of Famers. We've got Mike Smith, and we've got um, Kent Sormo, and we've got <laughs> okay, Braulio Baeza, Bill Bolin, Steve Coffin, Kent Sormo, Victor Espinosa, Pat Day, Early Fire, Sandy Howley, Julie Crone, Chris McCarron, Donald Pierce, Lafitte Penghai Jr., Edgar Prado, Jose Santos, Alex Solis, Mike Smith, Gary Stevens, Bobby Usury, and Jorge Velasquez. That's a pretty good list. Who would you take? Okay, here we go, Michelle. You got. You got one big race. It's the Breeders' Cup Classic. You've got a horse that's, uh, I'm going to say, kind of a stalker. Who do you put? And you have to win this race. You get, and you have the choice of any of the jockeys you just mentioned. Who who you got? Lafitte. You take Lafitte, really? Yeah. I take McCarran. Really? Yeah. He was. He was. You know, I tell you that story all the time. My my grandfather, when we'd go to the track as a kid, you know, he was very good friends with McCarran. And he would take out his program and literally with a red pen, he would circle McCarran's name on all the races. He'd go to the window. He'd all McCarran horses the entire day. So if McCarran won two or three races on the day, he had a great day. And that, that was his handicapping theory. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> That's funny. Because he was just, he was so busy, you know, hobnobbing with everybody and making sure he was on the board of directors of Hollywood Park. So it was just so funny. I would, I'd look at his program later because he'd always say, hey, I had that one. And I would look up and it would always be McCarran. So it's really all he bet, but uh, yeah, he was McCarran in his in his prime. I, I just don't know if there was anybody better. Right. I really don't. I think he was really and I I I don't go way back, so it, it's hard for me to say Brolio Beza. I mean, I know he uh, he was a great rider, and say with Jacinto Vasquez, I think you mentioned her. Um, talking about the ruffian and foolish pleasure, honest pleasure right. days. Um, McCarran to me was the best. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Um, Wait, also on can... Sunday, oh, go ahead. Rose at the races in the chandelier room. So it's $25. You get entrance into the chandelier room. You get six Rose tastings. You get a flower crown or a boutonniere racing program, tip sheet, clubhouse admission. Um, you can also do a turf terrace package, which includes that everything I just said, 
plus a guaranteed seat for the day in the turf terrace and a three-course plated lunch. And the lunch looks really good. Oh, that's cool. Um, so that's really fun if you're looking for something to do on uh, Saturday. And then the closing, I'm oh, sorry, Sunday. And then uh, closing weekend stakes are the Snow Chief, the Wilshire, and the Dream of Summer on Saturday. And then the Malaire, the San Juan Capistrano, the American, and the Siren Lure on Sunday. And if you're just a cheapy cheapy, come on Friday. It's $2 beers. I like that. Um, Todd, your buddy. Oh, I love Todd. I know. You're going to see him soon. Uh, I know. I see him all the time at Del Mar. Okay. <laughs> you go to www.breederscup.com forward slash classic dash rankings. Oh, and okay. the week two rankings are up. And it's Mackenzie, Thundersnow, Seeking the Soul, Catholic Boy, Vino Rosso, Gift Box, Omaha Beach, Gunavera, Quip, and War of Will. So the highest rated three-year-old is Omaha Beach. Interesting. When do you think we'll see him, Michelle? Uh, I don't know. He just got back to um, Santa Anita. So he's back in the barn of Richard Mandela because he's been um, having some time off at Windstar Farm after his throat surgery. So I don't know how long it'll take Mandela because Mandela is very patient. <laughs> why can't we? Why can I ask you a question? Why can't we do this for every Breeders' Cup race? Like it'd be so cool. I, I thought we should. I know. I'll tell you my personal voting. I actually put Thunder Snow on top of McKinsey because I prefer him at the classic distance. And then McKinsey was second. Seeking the Soul was third. I put Catholic Boy fourth. Vino Rosso fifth. I think it's cool that you're voting. I mean, this is a very, here's all the list of voters. And this is a very prestigious list, Michelle. How did you get on this list? Well, I do work for Breeders' Cup. (laughs) I mean, Billy, how did I get on this list? All right. Okay. I'm going to, here's, we're going to do a fun thing because we have time and we're just screwing around now. So I'm going to give you, all right, ready? Mm -hmm. Martin Panza or Ben Huffman? To do what? Just to be my racing secretary? just, Just in life. Ben. Okay. Um, Randy Moss or Matt Bernier? <laughs> but it's just like for what? Yeah, just in life. Just you have to pick. It's just Matt. the thing, Matt. Okay. Okay. Uh, Gabby Gaudet. I can't say her name. Gabby Gaudet or Brittany Erton. I'm sorry. I take that back. I got a better one. Gabby Gaudet or Acacia Courtney? Gabby. Gabby. Okay. Uh, now, now you have to do some of those, Billy. I I have the list in front of me. I can't. Yes, you can. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to get in trouble with anybody. Are you Always kidding me? Always put me on the spot to do things. That's the whole point. There's some good names on here. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. Anyway, you can go to the Breeders' Cup and thank you, Todd. I mean, we are so Big close Todd. to Delmar, Michelle. I know. Billy, I'm sad that you're not going to do some of those. Well, if you give me the list, you have to go to the thing and then give me the list. We see we don't prep this stuff. Go to breederscup.com forward slash classic dash rankings dash panel. What did you just email me? I emailed that at the beginning of the show. Oh, I just got your email. Um, I was listening to a crazy podcast, Michelle. I have to tell our audience, and I don't normally do this, but um, it's called Cold. And if you haven't listened to it, it is it is absolutely it's the story of Su- the the missing uh, woman named Susan Powell and her husband Josh Powell, mm-hmm. and 
if you're listening, if you liked it, if you're in your car a lot, because I'm in my car a lot driving back and forth to Santa Anita, so I listen to a lot of kind of podcasts and I like these kind of murder mystery things. It is, it's absolutely insane. And I've listened to a bunch of them. I listened to um, Dirty John. I listened to To Live and Die That's in a LA. TV show now, right? It is a TV show. Uh, All it, right, you ready for some of these? Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan Kinchin or Paul Laduga? Oh, wow. That's a tough one for me. Laduga. Brittany Erin or Scott Hazelton? Brittany. Ray Pollock or PJ Campos? <laughs> That's not, not even close. Ray Ray. <laughs> These are awesome. I like this. <laughs> well, I guess we have to go Euros. Matt Chapman or Nick Luck? Nick Luck came on the show. I know, right? What a lock. Sorry, Matt. Yeehaw. Sorry, Matt. That's All it. right, one more. Joe Christofek or Pete Fortinell. For Natalie. I'm gonna go Pete. Okay. I like his whole contest stuff. Oh, did you in, see? Uh, did you Royal see? Ascot. He was very cool. I like watching Royal Ascot. I, I, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of the week. Now that we had Nick Luck, I feel like we're insiders now. Yeah, right. To- and I sent you the thing I emailed you was the like fashion, like what you should wear, the dress code. Okay, for the can Royal we enclosure. can we put a poll? We should put a poll on Twitter. Would you rather see Billy in a top hat or Michelle in spaghetti strings? <laughs> Can you put that on there? You don't understand. If I wear spaghetti straps, that, I would be like, my bras can't even be. That's what I'm saying. Strap. Why don't you put that on Twitter, please? All right. That's our Twitter poll for today. We should always have a Twitter poll. I like these Twitter polls. You know what's what? funny? You know what's funny about would Twitter? You, you, know, you know what's funny about those Twitter uh, polls is um, I answer them. I don't do Me a lot too. of retweeting or... Uh, commenting because the comments just drive me crazy. But uh, I do answer the polls, so uh, maybe we could get some people. Let's see, Billy in a top hat. I have to make it okay. <laughs> or Michelle. Mike Mike uh, Chio just sent me a text of some of the people and he he'd like to see in spaghetti straps. Spaghetti straps. This this show has gotten so off the rails. It started off super classy, though. It really did. I mean, we had Nick Luck, Nick Luck on the show, and now people are going to hear the show and go, oh, God, all they talk about is spaghetti straps. Um, all right. We're going to be off for the next couple weeks. Michelle, I will see you at the races this weekend. Santa Anita should have a great weekend. Beautiful yeah, weather. we should. I love the little June gloom that's going on in the mornings, and it kind of kind of heats it. up in the afternoons. Um, thank you to Nick Luck. Thank you to TaylorMade. Thank you to Delmar, Santa Anita. These guys are behind us. We really appreciate all of our listeners, you guys who tune in. It's so much fun knowing that uh, you guys are actually listening to this and that we're not just talking into a vacuum. We hope we provide you with fun stuff. That's the whole point of the show. This whole When we started, it was always supposed to be positive. It was about horses um, and especially ownership and, and how you can get into the game. If you want to get into the game, email me billy at littleredfeather.com you can follow us at own a horse is the show's twitter i'm bklrf michelle is at the michelle U. who am i forgetting michelle ronan does a great job behind the scenes thank you to nick luck once again and we will see you probably july unless that we need an emergency podcast Do we, will we need an emergency <laughs> podcast anywhere we might we might you never know you never know oh, i want to 
do the real quick our aftercare corner by the way oh yes you know we talk about karma a lot on here so this is not like a, a story per se but the um karma gives money to all of these places that have retired racehorses they grant about four million dollars a year to doing so and their grant cycle just opened on the 15th so if you have um horses or if you are in that industry that you are trying to do these nonprofits for horse retirement it is now your time to try and get some cash from karma yes i love karma and they do a great job and also we have we had uh lucinda mandela on a couple weeks ago talking about the hoedown for horses you can buy tickets write this down or go on your computer www.karma for horses that's the number four karma for horses.org uh forward slash events forward slash karma dash cares dash fundraiser and i'm sure you can find it on the main part of the website that's karma for horses.org the four is the number four it's going to be on a dire ticket very soon on the horse ownership experience bye you're listening to the horse ownership experience with billy Koch and michelle Yu, right here on la talk radio Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm, standing at TaylorMade Farm.